This is Magic 590's Talk of the Town, and I'm Bob Cudmore. Our program is heard on Magic 590 and 100.5, also on 1410 and 96.9 in the North Country. Our guest is Mike Sicoccio, Executive Director of the City Mission of Schenectady. What is the City Mission, Mike? Well, Bob, at City Mission, we are working with some of the poorest people in our community, homeless, hungry, men, women, and children. We say at the Mission that we help people who are in poverty, and we help people get out of poverty. So as important as the first one is, I think it's really the latter, helping people get out of poverty, that is our greatest passion. Mm. When was it founded? I mean, this has been around for a long time. It has. It was founded in 1906. So, Bob, we are 113 years old. And you started to explain, but what what does the the city mission do precisely? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, The core of our work is we have shelters for homeless men, women, and children. On any given night, we're averaging about 100 homeless men, women, and children staying with us. We provide about 700 150 meals every day to people in our community, both residents and community members. We also work with school districts with the weekend backpack program, helping um, close to 1,200 children every weekend of the school year, making sure they have food for the weekends. So food, clothing, shelter. But we also, Bob, have long-term training programs. We have a one-year program called Bridges to Freedom, and that's all about equipping the men, women, and children who come to us with the resources and skills necessary to leave the mission, go back into the community, be sustainable, and also even be leaders in in building a stronger community. What's your most pressing need at the city mission right now? Yeah, there's there's a lot of needs, and um, you know certainly one of the the great needs involves children. Uh, there's more children that are homeless. You know, in the Schenectady School District last school year, they had 500 homeless children, children who at one point in the year registered as being homeless. That's a staggering problem for our community, and the mission as a shelter provider, we we are in the midst of that, so we are seeing those struggles. The fact that children are hungry in schools, it's caused us to build a much more robust partnership with school districts. Um, On the other side of things, the opiate crisis is very real and very devastating. So for a place like City Mission, where you're at ground level, we are dealing with that every day. It's heartbreaking. It creates enormous challenges. But, Bob, even as we talk about a long list of challenges, these are also days of great opportunity as well. Hmm. Um, The organization, as you indicated, has been there for over 100 years. Does it ever get any better? Wow, that's a a very good question. I think some problems get solved and new problems emerge. So I've been at City Mission for 30 years. There's not a sense of, wow, it's always the same thing or will this ever go away. There is a sense that you face certain very extreme problems. You, you see solutions. You see breakthroughs. You see victories in individual lives and even at a community level. But then new problems emerge. So I think things are getting better in some ways, that problems are being solved, lives are being changed. But also uh, the trend is also that the need seems to be greater. So that was kind of a long answer to your question, right. but I think it's really a both and. Yeah. Well, and let me pursue it even more. I mean, can you put a, a, a percentage or something on people who 
quote unquote turn their lives around or who that, that still fall by the wayside? You know, is it a small percentage? I, yeah, that, I would say of all the people who come to the mission in such extreme cases, right? To be homeless means a lot has gone wrong in your life. But I would say there's a good percentage, even up to a third of the people, that really experience profound life change. And what makes that exciting is obviously we're always going to be concerned about the the majority of people who don't experience that. But Bob, the ones who do experience life change, they go out and help others. So it's not a static number. There's a multiplying effect. We at City Mission, we have almost 30 of our staff members at the mission are former residents of the mission or former clients. So imagine how impactful that is that people who've been homeless, who've been hungry, who've been down and out and losing hope are now working and letting others know that there, there is cause for hope. The folks at the mission have a wonderful expression. They say, my mess has become my message. Huh. And, and I think that's a transformative proof, truth, not only in the mission, but really in all of our lives. Mike Sikosho with us, executive director of the City Mission of Schenectady. Let me ask you about the religious basis. What is the basis of the City Mission? I mean, it's a Christian organization, correct? Yes, going all the way back to 1906, it was founded by a group of churches in Schenectady that came together wanting to address some of the growing problems of poverty in the Schenectady community. So we have retained that that faith-based nature throughout these 113 years. I still think we are passionate about trying to love God and love others, although I will confess, Bob, we fall short every day. So we continue to be, even with 113 years of history, we continue to be a work in progress. What is, um, I mean, do you you have to be a Christian to get these services? Absolutely not. Uh, The faith-based component here is real. I think it forms our culture. But we are here to serve everybody. And even the the sharing of of some of the Christian truths, uh, that's an invitation, and people are free to choose, to reject, to to ignore, to receive. Fundamentally, that decision is a precious, sacred, and personal decision, so we don't in any way want to leverage that huge decision with services that we provide. So services are provided to all, and uh, I think that one makes us a strong presence in the community. How does the mission meet the spiritual needs of the, the people you serve? I think the most important thing we do spiritually is we give people a sense of belonging, a sense of place. Again, the folks who come to us, they have been disenfranchised. They've been on the outside looking in. We give them that belonging, that place, through very real friendship and family. A woman wrote a book on the mission a few years ago. It was called The Light in the Window, and it was taken from the fact that in my office windows I have three electric candles that that burn through the night, so to speak, and we always tell people that wherever you are, wherever you go, we have a light in the window for you because you will always be part of our family. I think that itself is, is addressing spiritual concerns. Other ways we do it, Bob, is connecting with churches and giving people access to some of the, the great strengths in the faith-based community. We also do chapel services. We have Bible studies. So we try to, to make this a priority in our programs. You spoke of support from churches. Uh, do the churches mainly provide your volunteers, or or also they mainly provide the funding for the organization? Well, they certainly help in both categories. In 2018, City Mission had over 38,000 hours of volunteer service. 
So although the churches certainly do their share, we're blessed with volunteers from businesses, uh, corporations, high schools, um, really across the community. So it's a very widespread volunteer base. And contributions, again, the churches are generous. But, Bob, we have close to a $5 million a year budget, almost all through contributions. So, again, it's broad-based community support that allows us to operate. Back to one of the issues you described as a modern problem or issue for the mission and for people's lives, and that's homelessness. How do you get people to uh, avail themselves of your services? I mean, isn't it so there's a certain percentage, maybe it's a small percentage, I don't know, of the homeless population that really tries to avoid getting involved in structured programs? They often do, particularly, Bob, if there's issues of mental health, mental illness. Um, there are many folks who are homeless that are looking to avoid shelters because shelters have rules and regulations. Uh, that's why you do hear a lot of code blue, right? And that's in that extreme winter cold, even folks who are most resistant most resistant realize, I need help. I need to get into a warm place. So sometimes the weather drives people to us, but I think mostly it's word of mouth. And by God's grace, positive word of mouth where people learn the mission is a place where you can get help, both emergency help and long-term help. And I think our best ambassadors of kind of proclaiming that part of what the mission does is our graduates. Mm-hmm. Well, you use the word, isn't, uh, don't you call them ambassadors? Like I know you have, there are certain folks who uh, direct traffic uh, for Proctor's yes. shows and things. That's one of our really most exciting programs. Ten years ago, we started a new partnership with Proctor's Theater um, in which City Mission graduates are what we call the downtown ambassadors. And we are working every Proctor's show. These are paid jobs for men and women from the mission. And they have the red coats and the flashlights. And they are out there just providing a host of hospitality services. So um, even during the two weeks run of Hamilton, they were out there with tricorn hats on. And uh, it's really exciting program. It's spread throughout the downtown area. Um, and what it's done, Bob, in addition to providing good jobs for people, is it's changed the paradigm. I think our downtown community has realized that folks who have problems with poverty, with homelessness, really have a lot of unique contributions to make. And if we're really serious about economic development, ideally we want to involve everybody in the community. So Downtown Ambassadors is a robust and growing program, and I think it's really been something that's gained national attention for its uniqueness. Do you receive any government funding? We don't, not for our programs. We are 100% privately funded. We also, though, Bob, run some social enterprises. These are businesses that the mission um, operates that provide jobs for our folks, like the ambassadors. And we do have a contract with the Schenectady Metroplex Authority. So we do get um, funding from Metroplex, but it's really more based on that business we run. It's based on a service that's provided. But for the everyday work of the mission, shelters, food, clothing, all that work, it is 100% privately funded. Why is that? I mean, wouldn't you be able to do more good if you got some government money? That's a great question. And I do think that government money does allow um, people to do wonderful things. We see that all around the community. We have believed it's it's part of our tradition that uh, we are better off being privately funded. I think most importantly, it gives us more flexibility in what we do. 
as important as government funding is, it's funded for a very specific purpose, um, and that's great. But what we've learned here, what I've certainly learned over my career is a lot of times your breakthroughs, your innovative discoveries kind of happen by serendipity, and you weren't planning it. You didn't know you were going to be there. And so with private funding, we have a lot more flexibility how to seize opportunities and how to serve people in ways that are, are in a really sense, evolving um, throughout the, the time. Well, would the uh, government or, say, the federal government, state government, have a problem because you're a religious-based organization with providing there money? Are, yeah, there are other groups like City Mission that are very strongly faith-based that receive government fund and seem to do a good job of being respectful of the government's requirements but also staying true to their faith faith-based. So I think there's ways to navigate that, Bob, but we we have decided not even to get into those waters, uh, that we are better for being privately funded. And that's really a testimony to this community. If we weren't in a generous community, I don't think we'd be able to do that. So I can't speak for what the future will be, but up through the present time, we have really felt this is the best pathway for us. And you talked about it in the first uh, part, but uh, the mission raises funds uh, from the private sector, from uh, people and from churches and things of that nature? Yes, we we have a pretty broad-based development program. We do a lot with private foundations like the Schenectady Foundation, the Wright Family Foundation, some great corporations in the area. GE's been a long-time supporter, MVP, SEFQ. So big businesses, small businesses, uh, families, churches, elderly people who believe in the mission. So, Bob, it's one of the great joys of, of working here is that we're funded by people everyday people who become friends. And that's really one of the, the most satisfying parts of, of how we raise money at the mission. Mike Sikosho with us from the City Mission of Schenectady. We're always doing something new. I was just reading in the papers that, you, what, what is the transitional housing program? Yes, transitional housing has become a very big thing at City Mission. Ten years ago, we realized that the men and women who were graduating the mission, uh, they they were doing much better, but where would they go? The reality is the jobs they were getting, really they could not afford apartments in stable areas. So they either had to get apartments that they couldn't afford, which is not sustainable, or they were going right back to the the neighborhoods that were causing so much problems for them. So we realized there was a need from amongst our graduates for a good place to live where they were paying rent and working, but but also um, still having support. There were also happened to be a number of rundown apartments on Lafayette Street adjacent to the mission. So there was a convergence of opportunity. We started buying apartments, renovating them, and then offering our graduates the chance to move into transitional housing where they would be mostly independent, they could start saving money, get extra services like money management, have access to the services at the mission. And that's been so successful, Bob, that we grew from two apartments to presently having um, 24, and we are now in the process of building 10 new apartments. And we'll have 34 hopefully by the end of the year. So it's a great program for us, and it's growing. One of the things I notice, being a resident of the Schenectady area, is that the city mission facilities are not run down. I mean, you you make a real effort not to uh, deal with your clients in kind of a 
oh, I don't know, a, a threadbare sort of uh, place, you know, giving, uh, giving them just the bare minimum to get by. Yeah, thank you for saying that, Bob. That's very important to us to, to do the best we can. I was taught something in my early days at the mission that was transformative to me. It said the poor need beauty as much as they need food. And, and that's true because when people come to us, they're not just bodies, they're not just stomachs. Uh, those things matter, but it also matters that we want to touch them in the heart. We want to touch their minds. And so whether it's something as basic as having flowers in front of the building or at in the winter putting white lights up, things that are, that are not expensive but still matter. We know in our own lives we take the time to do those extra things because they add something to our lives. I think that is all the more true at a place like City Mission. I think even though we're a shelter, all the more reason why there has to be a certain beauty to our properties, even though that's done simply, uh, because it helps convey the message that we believe in the people we serve, we believe that they are creating God's image, and therefore are entitled to the best service we can give them. If we do that, I think then we have the opportunity to ask people to do more, to, to, to raise the level of their own expectations as well. So the the way the properties look, it's an important part of how the mission operates. You've been with the mission, I, th- I think it's 26 years, 23 as director, but you yes. used to work in government. <laughs> can you tell us about that? I did. I had a wonderful experience back in 1992 uh, when Mayor Frank Ducey appointed me as the deputy mayor of Schenectady. And that was a fascinating two and a half years of my life. It, it was, Bob, pretty much kind of drinking from the fire hose in terms of what I had to learn. But I met some great people, and I think not a day goes by that I don't benefit from some of the lessons. I also worked in the state legislature for a few years as a legislative assistant to then-Assemblyman Jim Tedisco. So in all, I, I worked close to six years in government and, and loved it and uh, considered a great privilege that I had that opportunity. What what drew you to the to the city mission? I mean, they, was it that they had a job? I mean, the, they needed a, a director? No, not at all. This was way back in 1989. I was volunteering at the mission, and someone had told me about it. And I was volunteering in the city mission's urban youth program and uh, really liked it. And the person who was running that program left for another job, and they offered me the job. And my first reaction, Bob, was, well, no, of course not. I mean, I'm finally doing what I went to school to do. This is when I was working in the legislature. But over the course of a couple of weeks, I really experienced a change of heart and, and, and felt a sense of calling that, that I should go to the mission. So I took that position, little knowing that it would end up being my life's work. But, but I'm glad I made that decision, and I've been very blessed ever since. And one other thing, you actually played professional baseball at one time? I did. Wait, long time ago, Bob, I had the great privilege of being in the Montreal Expos organization for three years. So today that would be the Washington Nationals organization. And um, I had three really good years there. Um, I stopped playing, quite honestly, because I ran out of talent. And the (laughs) Expos informed me that although they thought I was a good guy, um, I did not have the talent to make it through their system. So that ended. But again, great life experience and uh, very grateful I had that opportunity. One more thing before we go. Tell us about the uh, missions thrift stores. 
we do. The mission really for many years has had thrift stores um, as a Goodwill does or Salvation Army. And I love the thrift store. We have one in Route 50 on Glenville. Um, it not only provides revenue for the mission, a good use of stuff that we get donated to us, but also for a lot of people who really don't want to receive things free. Um, the, the thrift store provides a wonderful outlet uh, to pick up clothing at a very reasonable rate. And also there are certain fashions now. Uh, used clothing, Bob, is very trendy amongst people. I don't quite um, know all the details of it, but it's a, mm -hmm. it's a good business. It has a lot of customers, and it also um, helps keep the mission going. So we love our thrift store. One thing we've added um, is we now have clothing rooms in seven schools across the area, mm. high schools, middle schools, elementary schools. These, of course, are free, but it points to the, the great challenge that a lot of children, Bob, are coming to school without the proper clothing. Mm -hmm. So we're blessed with abundant donations of clothing, and we felt uh, it would be very good stewardship for us to pour it back into the schools because if I can give a child something that he or she feels good about wearing to school, I, I want to do that every single day. Our guest has been Mike Sicosio, Executive Director of the City Mission of Schenectady. Talk of the Town is heard on Magic 590 and 100.5, also 1410 and 96.9 in the North Country. This program will be heard as a podcast on albanymagic.com and bobcutmore.com. I'm Bob Cutmore.